If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle broadcasting here in Emmanuel College. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Today, we're going to be talking about when do you push harder and when do you pull back as a coach. But before we do, let's say a quick shout out to our friends. Hustlers, we've got some things you don't want to miss. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's communication tip of the episode. This week, coaches, I'd like to challenge you, your staff, and your players to get into the habit of speaking to the ears. Let me explain what I mean. When we are speaking and communicating, our goal is to have a message heard. Where messages are only heard through our ears. So we've got to be speaking intentionally from a direction standpoint to the other person's ears. So if our players sometimes are speaking with their heads down, we need to remind them to speak to my ears. I can't hear you when you're looking down, when you're speaking down. You need to speak to the ears. Oftentimes, especially within our players, they have a tendency to look down when they speak. We always say make eye contact, but even more, speak to my ears because we are trying to communicate a message. I want to hear what you are saying. I can't hear it when you're speaking to my feet or speaking to my knees. I need you to speak to my ears. So this week, that's the challenge, coaches. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe, helping get parents, coaches, and players all on the same page. TJ, the art of coaching falls right in this space today. When do you pull back? When do you push harder? Right. When do you need to keep pushing your team and when do you need to take a break? When do you need to tighten things up and when do you need to loosen some things within your team? It is the ultimate balance. It's the ultimate predicament. It is the thing that coaches strive for from a wisdom perspective, maybe more than anything else in coaching. Yeah. Trying to understand the pulse and fully understand the, the tone of the team. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I think I think there's um, two different scenarios to be aware of here. When do you push and when do you pull on a player and when do you do it on the team? You know, I think they're two different scenarios. So let's just attack the team first in this first part here. Um, I, I think that I've always believed, I don't remember who the quote was, but I, I think it's played out pretty well that you always treat every last game that you won like you lost, you know? So I think I think it's a great time to push your team. If you're winning games, I think you want to stay away from complacency, and I think that's a time to act like you lost. So we typically, in, in general, every time we get a win, pretend like it was a loss and attack the day like it was a loss. So I think that's a great time to push um, your team. Now, tough losses, you're reeling a little bit, I think is a, tough, is a really a good time to jump on your team's back and, and push them, you know, to say, hey, 
hey, I, I'm, you know, I'm pulling for you. I'm here with you. Let's get through this. Try and build confidence back in them, because we know, you know, fickle minds will, will, will lead to fickle plays and fickle decisions. And so, I think a lot of times when you're in a place of struggle, when we're prob- when we probably feel the most anxiety in us as a coach. Is probably a good sign for us that we need to pull back a little bit. Hmm. So when we're when we're feeling the pressure, when we're feeling the anxiety, is typically when I when I would take a deep breath and say I need to pull back because I know they're feeling what I'm what I'm feeling in here. I, it's 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 hard for them not to feel what's inside of you uh, when you're a coach. So that's especially a if you're sign. on the same page. Yeah, right. I mean that's what you want. You know the feelings that you're feeling. Um, you know if the, if they're feeling the same way, sometimes. They may be feeling it even more intensified, right? Yeah. Because they don't have the emotional intelligence and emotional maturity to be able to handle those emotions. Yeah. So, as a coach, you feel the anxiety. You almost have to assume that the players feel it greater. Yeah. Even though you may have a lot more responsibilities than they do, but you hopefully have a greater maturity mm-hmm. just simply from being older and wiser that the players can't handle it. So, if you're feeling it, assume that they're feeling it as much, if not greater, than you are. Mm-hmm. And then ask yourself, is this healthy? Yeah. You know, and then maybe through that conversation, you can start navigating which way do I want to go. I love the story of Chris Spatola that he shared with his episode, um, former Duke assistant. And, you know, we talked about they were on a little bit of a losing streak with Duke and Coach K sat everyone around and they just finished a tough loss. They had a tough road game up ahead. And Coach K gave the assistants 30 minutes to discuss what we should do. And Coach K just sat there and listened. And the coaches went around, went around. We need to do this. We need to drill them this. We need to run them here. And coach said, no, we're not, we're not doing any of it. Tomorrow, I'd like someone to bring in an ice cream sundae bar. We're going to watch film. We're going to eat ice cream sundaes. We're going to go to the pool. Yeah. And he said it was exactly what the team needed. Yeah. And, in fact, he said if the opposite would have happened, he doesn't know what the outcome would have been. Yeah. It's trying to find that feeling. But I, I really, it really speaks to just – you know, truly understanding and having your hand finger on the pulse of your team and yeah. really knowing the personalities and the dynamics there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're in a situation right now where, you know, we're seven games in the season and we just came off a tough road loss. And, um, you know, yesterday when we got back, um, or I, I got on to him pretty good. First of all, just the way we got rid of our trash off the bus really bothered me you know it was all over the place we, we went on that then on top of that for the last 10 years we've been in the top four in the conference defensively every year so I showed them the stats over the last 10 years and and I showed them where they're at they're right now nine out of ten defensively in the conference and we've never been worse than four and typically we're one or two in the conference defensively so I showed them the last 10 years and basically this is where you stack up you know really hard tough loss right on them to that situation now, I know going into a stretch of these games right now, like as frustrated as I am with our team, that that uh, my pregame, uh, tonight's game as we play, it needs to be extremely positive. They need to know I have their back and I'm in their corner. And I'll be honest with you, it's going to be the hardest thing for me to do hmm. right now. Like I'm not feeling that. Like I'm feeling like I need to push because we are not there. Now, I know when we get back to practice after this little stretch of games, I need to push. So, We've got to get better. So why are you going to approach this pregame? You know, why do you believe you need to to be more positive? Because I think I think I beat them down enough. Okay. I think I pushed them to a place where we just got beat on the road. 
we just, we were back-to-back losses, a double overtime loss, a tough loss on the road. Coach just showed us we're the worst defensive team in, in, in 10 years here. You know, we're not – they know. Like, they're feeling it right now. So now I got to bring them back up. I want them to feel it. I wanted them to know all that stuff. And I wanted that pressure. We watched film and we broke down every defensive clip out of the last three games that was just pathetic. And we just showed the clip and I didn't say much. I said, really? You know, and then we'd show another one. I'd be like, really? Like, that's what, you, that's what we've got defensively. There's nothing they could say. Hmm. It, the film showed it. They're beat down and, and they know that uh, what they're doing is not good enough. They got embarrassed in some film situations. So they got, they got pushed down. Right now, I got to pull them back a little bit because I know, I mean, feelings are hurt. You know, they're not feeling great about things, but we have to focus on, you know, we have to focus on these next couple games of bringing our best effort, and they've got to believe that I believe in them. You know, I think coaches sometimes get concerned or they fear that if they lighten up a little bit, like you're kind of essentially saying today, you're going to lighten up a little bit pregame, that when you lighten up, it's almost as if you're not as concerned about the issues anymore. Yeah. Or that your players may think, well, I guess maybe coach isn't mad anymore. Maybe it's all good, you know. Now and then they would lighten up, so they feel that like if I lighten up, they'll lighten up. When in reality, that may not always be the case. Yeah, the etiquette of, I mean, the whole like how you're going to show is important because I, I want to say this: like I'm not going to lighten up my intensity, but I am going to um, I am going to bring very positive energy to the team you know what I mean so I'm not going to lighten up like my goal is not to like joke around and kid with them and do it but my goal is to say you know hey Kurt hey Kendrick let's get this fixed man I know we can do this you know it's going to start with you I got your back I'm going to push you you know I'm going to push you but we can fix this and let's start tonight let's do this together you know that kind of thing versus you know hey let's just joke around pretend like it didn't happen it happened we're not good enough defensively and I don't want to pretend like it hasn't happened but I want to know I want them to know I'm in the fight with them you know Mm -hmm. to get this right to get back you know I, I have a phrase called a business balance where you know utilize this business balance yes when you're in a team environment you have a job to do okay your job is to go out and win but i do believe just like any business if it gets to a point where there's too much pressure and anxiety you don't perform well in the business it's starting to become a grind it's it's a struggle you you don't like it there's a bad taste in your mouth where are you on that business balance is it still a healthy work environment Right where you know you have a job to do and you want to get that job done? Or is it moved over to the side where now there's a stress, now there's an anxiety, now there's a lack of joy, mm-hmm. right? And, and and think about it from your own perspective. If you're a coach, you know, chances are you work in a business environment, chances are you may teach, you know, how would you want to be handled in this type of situation? When things are going bad, would you want your boss to just continue pounding you and pounding you and pounding you with the negative? How is that going to have you respond? Are you going to respond your best? Are you going to show up to work your best in that type of environment? You know, yeah. could you, you know, would you find yourself appreciating your boss at some point coming back to what you just said? I've got your back. Yeah. You know, you, you can do this. Like, hey, let's in, we're in it together. Yeah, it's tough, but hey, let's go. Let's yeah. have some fun. Yeah, really good questions. And I think that's things that all coaches have to consider and ponder. And I think, you know, we're about to take the halftime and we come back. Let's talk directly about players and how that, how, how does it handle that individually outside of just the team concept?
All right, pushing and pulling, TJ. We obviously were talking about the team environment, but like you said at the beginning, there's two dynamics here, right? Pushing and pulling on the team, but then pushing and pulling on individuals. Yeah. And and sometimes it can be even tougher on the individual side because you've got 12, 13, 14, 15 different styles, different yeah. personalities, different things going on. You know, with the team, you've got one team, right? Yeah. Like, you know, what is the vibe of our team? Where right. are we headed as a team? But here you've got 15 different people potentially plus assistant coaches if you're the head coach, you know, that you've got to kind of handle and manage. It requires a little bit more work. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. This is a tough one. I think there's a lot of factors that come in here, like age, stage appropriate, you know, like where are they in their career? I mean, I I deal with this typically with freshmen, and it's it's a it's a battle, man. I mean, I'm telling you, like, and it's, it's not even a pretty process. Like, I feel in a lot of situations I basically have to break them down and they have to go backwards before they can ever go forward. And I wish that wasn't the case. I wish that wasn't the scenario, but I've never really figured out another way, you know, to do it. I've never figured out another. And occasionally some people come in more mature with a different attitude. But typically what happens is the habits that they have, players get bigger, faster, stronger, and their habits have to get better. But they haven't ever, they haven't ever seen, they haven't ever been pushed to the point where that habit had to get better. And now they're in that scenario. And then they realize, wow. Um, you know, it's not, and high school coaches do a great job of getting their players to play hard. But at the end of the day, when you get to college, they're bigger, faster, stronger. A lot of players just have to, I, I did, I had to play at a very uncomfortable pace for me just to keep up. And then eventually it becomes a comfortable pace for you. But there's so many things that change when you make the, you know, the, the jump from any level, from middle school to high school, from high school to college, from college to pro, whatever it is, there's, there's differences and you've got to figure out what those differences are. And a lot of times, um, it's hard because what they've done their entire life to get them there has worked, uh-huh. you know. And and uh, I think it was Bill Parcells maybe that had the quote like, uh, "What get what got you here will not keep you here," you know. And um, and so I think for young players at any level, even from like JV to varsity, what got you here, you know, the what we saw in you will not necessarily make you a successful varsity player. And so making that jump and that transition is not an easy thing for players to understand because it's worked for them their entire life. That's why they're at that situation. So I think in this topic here about pushing and pulling, you know, this is where you've got to combine both your basketball intelligence with your emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. you know, to know and to feel and to understand. And that's why I always go back to relationships and and why it's a reminder for coaches that we've got to really – pour into our players and understand and build relationships with them and get to know them right so you can start working on your emotional intelligence to be able to know when to push when to pull back what buttons you know because it's you know i think also what buttons do you push yeah you know knowing that right it's okay to just push but like what if that's not your style what if that's not how you respond you know what if you're someone who doesn't respond to yelling and all you do is yell Right, I, I I'm not less of a player because I don't respond well to yelling. Find find out how I do respond. Yeah. Right. Maybe I'll maybe I'll run through a wall for you if you pull me aside and have a, like a heart to heart conversation. Right. But if you yell at me in front of the team, right, thinking that's gonna push me, I clam up. I shut down. Now all of a sudden you have failed the art of coaching because you didn't have the emotional intelligence to understand what did that specific player need based on their wants and needs and desires and personality. So I think you know for part of what makes it so tough is the basketball IQ sometimes comes easy. Mm-hmm. You know the coaches spend so much time on that, looking at drills and learning different basketball training techniques and different things like that. But when it's when you combine it with the emotional intelligence factor of coaching. 
that's when you become a special coach. You can't avoid that aspect of it. It's got to be intentionally focused on so you can really know how to push and pull correctly. Yeah, and I mean, this is a whole other topic in itself because this is hard. I mean, it's I'm very hard. from a coach's standpoint, like, you know, if we were just being really truthful and drop the curtains, right, we just say, like, okay, let me get this right. So every year I get 15 new kids, and you expect me to figure out their emotional stage place, and now I've got to coach this kid different. i got to be positive with this kid, and i got to push this kid. Like That's a really hard thing for a coach to do because they've got to manage so many people. Because then you get into the dynamics of this. You're pushing this player, and you're not pushing this player. Then the other kid wants to know, the other kid wants to know, why are you pushing me? You know, and so you you look at it, and, and uh, you're yelling at one kid, and you're not yelling at another, and then a player's going to come to your office. Well, you're yelling at so and so, but or you're not yelling at me, or you are yelling at me, or vice versa, and they're going to wonder why. And so you're like, well, I have 15 players, and so a lot of coaches just uh, divert to the place of, well, I'm just going to treat every kid the same, and then you get yourself in trouble, right? But mm-hmm. I see both sides of it. I mean, it's tough. I, I find myself, I find myself probably as much as anything, bringing quotes and thoughts to the table before they happen like hey guys you know good good players uh want to good players want to be um you know pushed or coached you know great players want to be taught all the time or you know just different things like that trying to get players to understand that coaching i coach you because i love you if i'm not saying anything to you then you probably need to be worrying you know all those types of quotes you know i i want great players to crave coaching and I want them to desire it on every single play. But that's not the case with everybody. So it is a very hard balance for coaches to draw. But I think a coach can fall asleep easily at night knowing they're doing what's in the best interest interest of the team. Even if there's players that may challenge that and say, why are you yelling at me? You never yell mm-hmm. at so-and-so. Well, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I believe to be the best, right? I, You know, if you want to know the, the honest answer... I don't think Mike can handle you know I don't think Mike responds as well to yelling so I'm trying to figure it out trying to just understand it but you know I I think to understand this we've got to work as much on the emotional side as the basketball side I agree with you there's more like let me give you an example like let's just say that a player can't handle pressure like you're getting on to them they can't right then you start asking yourself as a coach like okay if they can't handle pressure and I and I and I soften this for them what happens when the pressure really comes in a game or in life? See, you know, I don't, I don't look at it that, that way. I, I look at it as this player can't respond under pressure. What can I do to help support him? Not by softening it, but adding things into his life, right? Like, you know. But what does that typically mean? So they can't handle pressure. So you typically, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for like, oh, just fight through it or just play through whatever. But they can't handle pressure, right? So then you're like, well, I need to come at them a little bit softer, right? Well. To be honest with you, in life, people might not always come at them softer. So how do I prepare them for that situation as well? So there's a balance between what do they need right now and what do they need for their life. Sure. And and I have a player back home right now that very talented kid. He's, he's a ninth grader who has a tremendous potential. He doesn't perform well under pressure. He has a lot of anxieties. Yeah. Right? And in that moment... There's a friend of mine named Stuart Singer. He owns a company called Well Performance. He does a lot of psychology work with the Mystics and University of Maryland. And, and now he's teaching and tutoring this young man, TJ. Mm-hmm. And they are working weekly through these different sports psychologists, mental conditioning kind of exercises and different practices and different things like that. And I was just talking recently to the parent. And, and the son has like become like a new player, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, in a situation like that, okay, this, I have a player. He's a very important person on my team. I, if I kept pushing, pushing, pushing the way it is right now, 
I'd maybe break him down, yeah. right? Because he's got some dynamics going on in his mind. Okay, right. I don't look at it as a weakness, but it's just a, an obstacle that we've got to you know address and overcome. Well, perfect. You know, maybe we could get him some training, right? Maybe we could put him in a position where he starts working with someone to yeah. to kind of work through some of that. And in that particular case, we pushed him over to this kind of assist, yeah. and it's helped, right? So. Yeah. I think there's different dynamics like that, you know. But like, I just finished reading um, the Teenage Brain uh, by Francis Jensen, really about the the teenagers' mindset and the psychology of teenagers and and how they think. You know, at the end of the day, a coach may look at that and be like, "That's not really a coaching book, mm-hmm. okay? Like, th- that's just not a coaching book. It's it's Teenage Brain, the Neuroscientist Survival Guide to to." Developing adolescents and young adults. That's that's not a coaching book. Yeah. I, I need a coaching book. I'd maybe argue that is just as much a coaching book as any other book. Yeah. Really understanding how they tick, how they operate, how they move, how they think, what moves them. I think we need to, you know, focus and, and spend time in these type of elements as it relates to coaching just as much as other aspects. Yeah, I agree. I mean I think just reading about leadership and reading about how they're mentally wired i think all that stuff just makes you a better more well-rounded you know coach and and i think we all should be diving in to to that type of stuff one of the things that i've found helpful to me over the last few years is to really emphasize and continue to emphasize them that you know who who i am to you as as a as a person how i feel about you as a person and how I care for you is different than the way that I coach you, you know? So I, 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 I you know, I don't, you can separate the two in, in this manner. So let me give you an example. The other day that we walked into a game and I told you that like we lost and I was really, really disappointed. And I started out with a situation. I want you to know that, you know, who you are as a, as a player is way more, a person is way more important than a player. Da, 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 da. But let me tell you the truth about this team. You know, and because then I wanted to un- to to rip them in a, in a new way, and so I do a lot of trying to separate them. Now I don't try and act differently. It's not like you know, it's not like you give me a free pass as a coach to demean you and to yell at you because all of a sudden I, I I'm just one thing. I think that's a, a mixed signal to players, right? But I also want them to understand uh, what I want them to understand is me coaching you as a player and pushing you as a player doesn't mean I believe you're a failure as a person and you're not good enough as a person. It just means I'm trying to get you to be better. And uh, and I want them to understand that. But I think you don't even have to explain that once they know that you love them. You don't have to tell them very many times. They know that, okay, coach is just coaching me right now. But I've been across a lot of players that emotionally think, like, when you tell me, you know, you got to quit turning the ball over, they internalize that as I'm a bad person. You know, and so, so then I have to help those players to understand that that's not what I'm doing. I'm not talking to you about who you are as a person. I'm talking about what your skills need to get better to be a better player. You know, I think one thing that you said in there is, you know, they know that they lo- that you love them. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've already started working on building that foundation right out of the gate. You know, and I think that's just a reminder that the relationships part, you know, I once heard, you know, building the relationships isn't extra work. It is the work. Mm-hmm. That's you know, good. You know, it, it is what we need to be focusing on because it will allow you and help you as a coach 
determine when you need to push, when you need to pull uh, with each of the different personalities that you have. So listen, coaches, if you got any additional thoughts on this topic, when to push, when to pull, different things that you've done over the years or, or little cues that you've paid attention to to help you identify when to push and to pull, we'll love your thoughts on this. Send us a tweet at hardwood underscore hustle. We'll share it with the audience or you can go to hardwoodhustle.com and send us an email. I am Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the Hardwood Hustle. Till next time, we're out.